gentlemen, welcome to episode 95 of Wing Sauce, the Danny Markov edition. Um, I think we have one we have one more after this one, other than obviously the great one. But uh, but yeah, Danny Markov, he played a couple seasons with the with the wings. I think one of his mo- most mo- uh, notable moments was laying out some guy in Edmonton center ice and then Datsuk took the puck all the way down and just dangled away for a for a sports center top 10 play. Anyway, Connor, Dustin, how I like that are we back there? Yeah, that was nice. Uh, there was a little uh, tidbit to go along with the the name. Why why aren't you doing that for everyone? Like what was um, that was, was just fresh in the head, baby. <laughs> that was that was fresh fresh in the head. I was expecting some little tiny uh, fact about every single person that we. I've, done, I've but... given I've given a few, mm, but uh, you know that, that that one was for the people since we're closing in on a hundred. Okay, fair enough. I'm good, by the way. I'm doing well. Dustin, good, good. how are you? Doing well. Going golfing this weekend, so that'll be nice. When are you heading down to uh you said you were heading down to Texas, right? Yep, Friday. Oh hell yeah. And you guys are going to Dallas? No, Houston. Houston, gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, Dallas seems a little cold, but Houston's not much better right now. So Oh, Houston's not not uh not no, warm right now? Not really. It's like sixty. Oh, well. That's prime better, golfing better than though. here. Oh yeah. yeah. No, for sure. It's like you couldn't, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. Any hotter, it's kind of annoying. I'll think low 70s. When it gets hotter than that, then it's like I need to go through like four gloves. I'll sweat through them. So I'll uh, I'll take the seven between like 45 degrees and 70 degrees. That's perfect. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, I wanted to ask Dustin quickly about the uh, – about the the simulator, the golf simulator game. I know you've been that uh, been to that a couple times, right? Uh, that was the first time I've been to that one. Oh, I've really? Been, yeah, I've never. <clears throat> I did another one at a different location. And D- Dustin was getting pissed because every time that I was calling him, he was putting. He's like, "Fuck you, dude! I'm putting." <laughs> I'm <laughs> like messing put- everything up for him. Put- putting is hard enough on a simulator. Yeah, I was gonna say, I putting is is tough. Um, I, it, it does really well. I mean, some, if you get like the sweet, like awesome simulator, then I feel like when you can get the hang of it for putting, but everything else is spot on. Um, I kind of just, just give me a three putt and let's move on. <laughs> take right. A, take a three, three putt. putt. That's, three. <laughs> That's usually what it is. <laughs> though. You, you, get, you get like two, two putts. It's, I think it's a, you can get two putts max. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's usually what happens is either it's just hard reading the greens. Cause it's like, it just has arrows. And so it's like, it's a sure it's not i mean yes i know how to read it but it's a little easier said than done as far yeah. as like oh guessing. yeah and it's funny because doesn't like the first time that i called dust he's like what do you want dude i'm putting and i'm like don't worry it's just a little bit to the left he goes it actually is <laughs> <laughs> and i think he missed it by just uh just a hair it was too long but uh oh it's too long like, yeah so i gotta ask you are you guys tired right now or or is it just me from a couple late night games that we've been witnessing for the Red Wings? Have, oh my have you God. Guys been staying not, up late? No, I've not been because af- after that LA ass beating, yeah. um, no, I, I, no, I stayed up late for that. And then I was like, well, I'm already staying up late. So then I, I was up a little Did bit. Did you finish the whole Anaheim. thing? No, not yet. Not oh. Anaheim. I had a hockey game yesterday, actually, at eight o'clock. So when I got back, I was kind of, I don't know about you. I, 
like I can't sleep right after playing. So no, I was God, like, well, no. I guess I'll just kind of come down a little bit and watch the wings. And then when I got tired, I just went to bed. But um, it was at least a better game than I watched the game. The one, so. Other than Larkin yeah. getting injured. Yeah, it was a better game other than Larkin getting injured in the second. What did yeah, you, what happened? I, 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 I didn't see that. I, I don't know. I caught it. I caught it the tail end because I was busy, but uh, I did see Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi looked like he just got his hand cut by a skate. Maybe. He um, did. Yeah. I was, they were Bert coming was out, out too. Uh, Say again. He, I said, Bert, he, Bert was out too. Not, not out. He just went out like brief. I think he probably just got stitched up and called gotcha. it a day. I don't think it was like yeah, serious. So they were giving him a, like a, a quote unquote rest day today. Um, and then so people were wondering he got his, it was his hand i don't know what it was but he got cut and it doesn't sound like it'll be too bad uh so we, hopefully he'll be ready for next game i don't know if there's an update other than like i literally before we jumped on here it was probably 20 minutes ago um that uh i saw some stuff on twitter and they were saying that larkin has an upper body injury and yep. yeah it's like the classic nhl injury update upper body the old no UB. timeline yeah, like, I, no uh, I saw idea. something about Larkin uh, as far as his hand. Oh, really? It's his hand. Appeared to hurt his left hand in a slight collision with the uh, Silverberg. Um, eight thirty-three mm. main in the period. He finished the period, yeah. however, logging three more shifts, and then Bertuzzi was cut by Zegers to skate. Um, dude, Zegers and Terry, holy shit! That that yeah, dude, those guys are just fucking buzzing. Zegers had two two points, and Terry did Terry have two points last night too? Uh, I'm not sure, but Terry's fucking quick and his hands are ridiculous. And he's, he's a second year player, right? Yeah. I was about to say, there's no way that he's not winning the Calder if he's in it. Oh, you're right. No, <clears throat> I mean, I'm pretty sure Raymond's winning the Calder. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, he fastest got his teenage- last night. Yep. Fastest teenager in Red Wing history to reach 20 NHL assists, 36 games played, um, surpassing our one and only. General Steve Eiserman. Yep, general manager let Steve me, Eiserman. 39 games played. Let me ask you guys a question then, because if you if we're on the consensus that he's gonna win the call there, that's like, hey, you have the best rookie player right now. If you had to keep one between Cider and Raymond, who do you keep? If you had to who, keep one? Yeah, if you had to keep one, like if you had to get rid of one or keep one or whatever, you can only keep one on your team right now with how the Red Wings stand. Who's more valuable to the team? Cider. Who would you pick? Yeah, me too. I, I would say cider too. I, I mean, it's it, so we, 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 I don't know, man. We like without it's cider, so tough. shit, dude. Without cider, our D, our whole fucking blue line's gone. Yeah, you have a number one D, right? You have the he's the your best defenseman, um, and he just looks like he's gonna only get better. Like he has that style of play. Not only is he but number where, one defenseman. It, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, Connor, but I feel like yeah, he he if you put him on any team, he'd be up there in the top in the in the top six. Or top four, excuse me. Defense four, yeah, yeah. For sure. He, he's a true, he's a true, like, I mean, as a rookie right now, he's a true top four on any team. He's a number one on our team. Yes. Um, and I say that he's a top two. He's on your top line in give him like a year or two, and he is one of the best defensemen on any team in the league. In the league. 100 percent So and so I think and I and I think if you have a player that that's that good, I mean, you're talking about maybe i mean this could be a stretch but like a top five top 10 defenseman in the league in two years um versus, i don't think like, that's I a stretch I, I feel like that's pretty realistic i mean if he, yeah, if okay. he keeps if he keeps on how he's doing now absolutely connor i, I agree 100 yeah. and, and especially with how calm he looks like he kind of has that mature presence already where it's like gee he's only I'm, gonna get faster stronger bigger with like you know and smarter oh yeah. i mean they're letting him they're letting him take the puck out 
they let him take the puck out. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and and the fact that he's not making stupid plays, he'll reset, he'll think about it. I, that's what I like about him. He's not just throwing the puck up ice. If he doesn't see mm-hmm. a play, he's going to skate it back around, look for something, mm-hmm. and then move it. So, yeah, and I, so I didn't have that question posed before, but then you said that Raymond's going to win the Calder, and it's funny because he, he could win the call. He probably will win the Calder and won't be the, you know, call him the he won't even be the best rookie on his own team, right? Like, <laughs> Isn't Cider, that nuts? like all of, all of us decided that Cider is uh, probably, I mean, maybe like that's kind of an unfair question because we're well, not saying who's the best right now, but yeah, uh, well, which the caller is what that's saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shit, Cider right now, 36 games played, 23, 23 points. Um, Raymond, 36 games played, 30 points. So, wait. yeah, but man, he's definitely, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, 10, 10 goals, 20 assists for, for Raymond. And, uh, what is it? Is it two goals and three goals, 20 assists, three goals, 20 assists. Okay. And I'd be remiss without talking about my boy fucking Bertuzzi. Oh man, dude. Holy fucking shit, man. He just looks better and better. He just won't stop. No, I love it. I love it. He's he's making it. He's making the league know his name. Absolutely. Yep. The junkyard dog. Yep, he's looking good. Twenty-eight games played, twenty-six goal or twenty-six points. Excuse me, sixteen goals. Um, Connor Connor says he can he can just piss right off. Tied other team. Tied with one and the one and only Mister Larkin. Yeah, just just what goals? Oh yeah, yeah. both with sixteen. Yeah, both of sixteen. You know, since Larkin's you know mediocre and all that, so whatever. (laughs) Okay, point per game. Eh, yeah that's okay eh. connor let's be real here eh. yeah yeah he's eh. only the nhl yeah it's not, <laughs> it's not like he's playing against the elite players of the world or anything I, yeah right it's not that good of a league yeah well so so connor I, I forgot to tell you this because it was uh dustin and myself last week um when i was on the i was asked to join the dusty buttes uh podcast um with old city sports network and we'll get to that in a minute um but uh yeah, I asked them, they asked me a question about, about Larkin. You know, they heard rumors that he was going to be leaving. I said, I didn't hear anything like that. I don't know why he would. And then mm-hmm. I flipped the script and asked them, do you believe that on any team in the NHL is Larkin a top six player? They said, absolutely, without a doubt. And I said, okay, yeah. what about, what about uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning? And they said, still, yeah. I mean, could you imagine being, putting him on a, on a, Line with uh, Point and Stamkos or or Kucherov or whomever, and I mean, a joke. Yeah, so, so I yeah. I thought that you would enjoy hearing that. And I, and it, go ahead, go ahead and Connor finish well, your thought. Well, Those guys are from Philly too, so right, right. You're coming for, if you look at from an outsider. Sometimes you you don't know unless you ask somebody that isn't like a fan of the team. You just got like recenter yourself. So hearing mm-hmm. that from them, and you could probably go around the league. I don't think that'd be uncommon. And that's the part where I was like. I'm just not comprehending what the the Larkin haters are saying because it's so far away from where my head's at. Like I can't comprehend when you're gonna have something to production. They're gonna have something to the point point of trolling though, guys. It's gotten to that point now. Oh, like they can't say anything. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. They they the they've ran out of shit to kind of like fuel the fire with because everything they've said has pretty pretty much been proven wrong. So they just call them ugly and it's like, well, you got them. Yeah. Um real quick. Uh Tyler brought up last last week, Connor, while you're your MIA. Um, he asked me if I thought the Rangers could take it all the way. Is that correct, Tyler? Was that the I, are 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 they a cup contender? Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. 
I think, I mean, a cup contender, I think they're built for a lot, like a playoff run um, with who they picked up and who they have. I don't know if they, I mean, they've been playing really well lately. I, I guess I haven't looked at the record recently. I kind of like 20, uh, they're 23, nine, four, 50 points, 20, uh, 36 games played. Yeah. So I guess I knew the record beforehand. I just, with the, the COVID stop in the league, that's where I was like, I didn't know who was playing and who wasn't. So, but either way before that, they were in like this huge run of, uh, you know, of games one. Uh, I think they're, I don't know if they have the skill uh, to be in like the depth within the skill on the forward side, but, um, but I do think that they, if they do have that, they're solid defensively and they're a scrappy team. When you pick up a guy like Revo, you can play a little different. You can play it like we, we talked about in an interview that we'll get to, but you get, you grow about three inches just being out there with a guy like that. You can do basically whatever you want yeah. knowing that he's, he's behind you. Well, that's that's similar to what Both I said. Both in length I, and in the pants, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> um, no, that's similar to what I said, Connor. As far as as far as the Rangers go, um, yeah, I think they're they're, they're a good playoff team. But I don't think they're they're. I don't know about depth wise. It's literally exactly my sentiments. So yeah, I, but I we'll to, see though. It's halfway through the it's halfway through the season. Um, yeah, it's a long, long and we got a big break coming up too. A big break. Yeah, yeah and that'll be good, and and that should be good for them. It should be good for a lot of the top. Should teams. be good. They always want those breaks, but. Well, I mean, uh, think we'll about see. think about some of those playoff teams that actually have the opportunity to kind of rest some of those guys that obviously have injuries right now. That's huge. Um, yeah, three weeks of not playing hockey. I mean, that's big. That is nuts. I wanted to ask you both a question. Still on the Rangers, if if you're the GM going into the, they have nine million dollars of cap space. To, oh yeah, to use right now. So up. who would going into trade deadline? Do you keep things the same? Up, no, you pick up Phillips Adina and you give us four draft picks and we will take, let's see here. Hold on. Let me be, let me be real here. <laughs> let me be realistic. Let yeah, me be, it's let me totally be realistic. realistic. <laughs> it's like, uh, Apple maybe like, taco, uh, no, Truba, no, no, Rio, no, 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 Let's, Let's be, be real and throw and throw Truba in there too. Uh, all right, interesting. And hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll just take we'll just take Strom. That's it. <laughs> you know, I feel like Strom for Zadina might be might be fair. No, I was being kind of serious at that one. I uh, yeah, like I like. See I can't, but what's the like what what would be the no, benefit my, for them? I don't know. My just, benefit just for us. No benefit. My my question is it <laughs> not just not just for from us. not just from. Uh, the Red Wings, but if you're the GM of the uh, of the Rangers, what type of guy are you going to get? What what needs are you addressing? Uh, depth and <clears throat> let's see here. Let me look at their. I gotta look at their roster. I don't know. I don't know the the Rangers well enough to to pick to pick out their roster. Um, I I have an idea. I'm I'm thinking you get you get a uh, probably a a a, a guy on defense to go right up with Adam Fox. Yep. And then you go with a third, fourth line depth forward. Um, like who? Zadina? No, he needs someone with a little more grit. Uh, okay. Okay. Hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. How about Anthony to see you? He's pretty no. pretty. <laughs> I mean, I, I, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What about, I don't, what about 
<clears throat> I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of like a, a good person that'd be like I'm from the Red Wings, like legitimately. Um, but they'd have to be more of like a uh, what about Rasmussen? Take him. I mean, they 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 would be able to pick him up and maybe make something of him. But... I think I think he fit. I think he might fit well with the Rangers. A big yeah, a big body like that. So when you look at a team like what they're gonna have to do, right? It's not about like who who they could pick. Like all right, so if they take Rasmussen, they'd only they'd only be able to give up uh, picks. They're oh, not gonna 100%. give up any. But like and then what are we going to get back for Rasmussen as far as picks go? So I think it, you'd have to, one way has to fall. Like what would we get back for Rasmussen? What do you guys think as far as picks? Cause they're not going to give a, when you're that good and your record's that good, they're not going to like throw a lot, different line combination for something that's risky. Well, well to tell like, Rasmussen well, isn't bringing that much to the table. Yeah. yeah. So who, so, okay. Then who do you think would be a good fit? Maybe not from the wings, but just in general, I think that was Tyler's question, right? Just in general. No, yeah, well, not not just from the wings. I'm talking about from the league. If if no, you yeah, are, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, it's hard to say because it, the, the the trade you deadline. Who's going to be sellers? Well, that's right? the, the, well, the problem is yeah. the trade deadline still fucking what uh, a month out. It's, it's like in March, March 21st, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's so hard to say because like in two months a shit ton of stuff could happen. The Rangers can I mean, literally lose every fucking game from here on out. And let's then, just say for. for just for for everything right now, let's just say the Flyers are not going to be in it. Okay, so if if, uh, if you have a guy, let's see, let's go to their let's go to their roster. He's over here. What kind of hairs? What Hayes. kind of? Um, I don't know if they'd give him up. I'm thinking of a guy like maybe like uh, Scott Cotton Lawton. Emmy. Oh, they could do like uh, Scott Lawton. Um, James Van Riemsdyk, he wouldn't be a bad uh, depth player to have on on like the third or fourth line. Not yeah, a gritty I, guy, but like um, Joel he's Faraday. Really not even a depth I don't player, know. Really, he's a, Derek Broussard, really he he could find his way back to like I'm I'm just thinking of like depth guys. They're not. They need. Um, they need somebody on the third or fourth line who's going to carry those younger guys the some of those not so skilled guys you know in those little but very important minutes of the game mm-hmm. so i don't really know who they would get there but um but yeah uh speaking of uh new york rangers is, is right now a good time to bring up uh we had on yeah yeah we've been talking for a little bit and we got a we don't want to be too long here in the episode. We got like a his, little interview. He, he, yeah, up. his interview is quite long too. Not so. only that, we we have an announcement to make too, fellas. Oh, yeah, let's get the ball rolling here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so well, first of all, we'll make the announcement. Wing Sauce is now a part of Old City Sports Network. Woohoo! So, um, nothing really has changed for us. Uh, we will have we yeah. N- it's it, it just now now we're a part of a uh a, a like a sports network family if you will right. um so it's it's pretty cool i don't know how many how many podcasts they have going but make sure you go check them out um old city sports network if you're if you're oh, a yeah. fan you, i know we have a lot of red wings fans basically but if you're a fan of other teams in the league there's just a decent chance that they might Fires, have a podcast for you yeah, yeah. leaves um canucks 
Canucks, yeah, yeah quite a few. They, check check they, them out. They just they just added the Ducks. The ducks. Yeah, yeah, the Ducks. Yep. Um, and, and so, not only not only hockey, I think they're going to have some other sports soon too, football, baseball. Mm-hmm. So lo- look forward to that. Wrestling. I don't. Oh yeah, maybe. Is it? Oh, they, I think they just added it. Oh yeah, I thought, or I thought coming soon or something. Are they being phys- like mm-hmm. WWE wrestling? Yeah, I, th- I think so. It was on their. Uh, That's their high Instagram. school wrestling. I, I, well, no, I know a lot of people that like WWE. I never was no, into that know. stuff growing up, but I know I a lot of people either, that are. You know, it's insane. Like, I was. You were into it when when I was a kid. Yeah, dude. I, I, well, I don't like Stone people Paul, my Steve age that still love that shit. Like, mm-hmm. like Swag Golf just did a, a gigantic release for WWE, so apparently it's still a thing. Back in my day, it was the WWF. Yep, the World Wrestling Federation. And the N and remember Raw. Remember W? Oh, yeah. Or wasn't there like a, a WWC? Raw Monday nights. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Um, what else? Tyler? But uh, well, so um, so yeah, no, we're we're just we're a part of Old City Sports Network. Make sure you go uh, check them out, and we uh, we're happy to be a part of that uh, that family. Um, and yeah, we guys, the dude we had on, he was he was a he was a trip. Holy hell. Um, we had on Bill Lockheed. He was drafted in 1974 and played a lot of the uh, play, played with a lot of notable players, like we all know from from the state of Michigan. We, we've all heard of uh, Red Berenson, um, obviously Mickey Redman, and uh, the one of the top goal scorers ever, Marcel Dion. And, and we can't forget Paul Woods. Paul Woods, of course, yes. And he played with Rick Bonus. We didn't really get a, a ton of a ton of uh, talking time with that, but he's got a. You know what? I'll tease this. He had a great uh, story about Mickey Redman. Yes, there you go. It's good. That was great. good story. So, uh, but before we kick it over, got do you have any any other anything else before we? No. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. Well, before before we kick it over, I wanted to let you know that uh, Wink Sauce and Old City Sports Network are brought to you by Body Check Wellness. Go to bodycheckwellness.com. That's B-O-D-Y-C-H-E-K wellness.com. Use promo code OCS in all caps for 25% off your hep-derived CBD oils, functional mushroom blends, and edibles for you and your dogs. Awesome. And with that, we'll kick it over. Great. Well, you know what time it is. Our next guest, he was drafted ninth overall by the Detroit Red Wings in the NHL and second overall by the Indianapolis Racers in the WHA in 1974. He played with some familiar names like Red Berenson, Mickey Redman, and Marcel Dion. Played over seven seasons in the NHL where he was with Detroit, the Colorado Rockies, and the New York Rangers. Please welcome to the Wingsauce podcast, Bill Lockheed. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Touch in with the the fan base back in Detroit. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I, you're nicknamed the Whip, at least on uh, on on Wikipedia. What can you explain that? Uh, Bugsy Watson, Brian Watson, tagged me with that name. Oh, I don't right. know if it was the way I shot the puck. Uh, I had a weird uh, hook in my stick. And I don't know how he got that, but he he was the one that tagged me with that nickname. <laughs> I, I, I like think it. The, I I like it. I mean, there's worse ones. So uh, oh, there's the definitely is, worse ones. <laughs> it's it's easy. 
and you can kind of say it on the ice like you know it's a quick it's a quick word so uh you know there's there's some bad ones out there so i think you got lucky with the whip you know, yeah for teammates when you got the puck and they they want the pass uh yep. <laughs> exactly you know, that sort of thing you don't want to hear what connor was called in his junior days yeah it's called too many <laughs> things that's the problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, well, thank you very much for for joining us. And you're you're out in uh, Germany. You're fr- out in Frankfurt, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, six hour yeah. six hour time difference from from over here. Uh, we we definitely appreciate you you joining us. It's uh it's a pleasure. We, we're going to get into a, a bunch of stories and um uh, guys, what what do you think we should start from? Kind of like his junior days when he was when you know in Oshawa and, and stuff like that. Or yeah, that's that yeah, that sounds do? great. I'm interested in. Uh, <clears throat> It, it, so the junior days, then uh, in the many places you played juniors, but I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see where, uh, or I guess like how it was back then, and just how the the players were. It wasn't as rough and tough as people think. Were there um, were there some guys that you played against that you're like, oh man, I'm kind of kind of afraid to go against this guy because every time he's got like three fights or whatever. Or was there there's some guys that, um, or was it more skilled than people think? Because when I think of old time juniors, I'm thinking like. WHL, uh, two teams that absolutely hate each other, and then you're going to get a couple guys going after it, and you guys <laughs> kind of have your fighters on both sides, and you're like, all right, let the best man win. So I'm interested to see what, your point of view going into some of those games because I know that I'd be a little scared. <laughs> well, I, I I played in a pretty talented team, Junior B up in Sarnia. Uh, a pretty good centerman, Steve Gelinas, and then uh, Kerry Fraser, you know, as a referee. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Great then, hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, then I moved on to Oshawa and there I played two years with Rick Middleton, nif- nifty. So I was fortunate to play with some pretty talented players. And, and at that time, the OHL was only 10 teams. So there was, there was an element of toughness in the league, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't by any means a goon league. You'd sometimes hear some stories out of the Quebec League or the Western League, and and that 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 might have been because uh, they had so many teams, uh, and they they were just filling out the roster with. Uh, it was a little bit of a tactic uh, to intimidate the other teams, but yeah, maybe maybe couldn't get away with that in the OHL. There were certainly some some. Uh, some tough players, uh, Roger Nielsen and Peterborough tried, he brought in that tactic of having a starting five, uh, and then, uh, moving on to Detroit. Like, uh, we made a trade, uh, Marcel Dion was there my first year and we traded to traded or he asked for a trade. He went to, uh, LA and we got Dan Maloney and Terry Harper, in return Mm -hmm. and Maloney was one of the tougher players in the league Terry Harper tough in his own right didn't go looking for it so so that we kind of developed into a poor man's version of the of the Philadelphia Flyers (laughs) and 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 back then you had no rules against uh bench clearing brawls or leaving (laughs) the bench that sort of thing so (laughs) It, it was it was talented, uh, but uh, yeah, there was there were some crazy uh, brawls at the time just because of the the, the rules, and you 
you have to also remember that majority of the players didn't wear helmets. My first year in Detroit, I think there was myself and two other players that had wore helmets. So, so there was a lot of respect for the other player too. Uh, how you took them into the boards, how you would hit them. It was, it was tough hockey, but, but some of the hits I see now that are slowly getting cleared up, but going back seven, eight, ten years ago, the, 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 the hits to the head, I, I just couldn't believe them. Uh, that back in my day, uh, the, the player would have been, the, the players would have been killed mm-hmm. the way they yeah. they'd go for the heads and ram the, the players' heads into the boards. So, so you, you have, you have an evolving, uh, aspect of the equipment but, but with that equipment comes a lot of it brings a lot of carelessness into the game mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that's a discussion you, you hear about it so much in football where they the comparison between uh like rugby and then the nfl where the nfl you have all these pads and uh you almost feel so protected when people are looking at rugby where if they don't have anything so they worry about you know form tackling it's not like head on right. head um where it's it's mm-hmm. funny you talk about that and in hockey and you just feel more comfortable with the pads that in the helmet you have on now. And then you look back what you're saying with people not wearing a helmet and there is that respect there. There is like, Hey, well, I don't, this isn't going to happen to me and I don't want to you know, kill a guy. <laughs> so I don't think anybody wants that. So they have to be more conscious about what they're doing. That's a great point. Well, and, and, and the, uh, yeah, players, a lot of players just wore caps for shoulder pads. They like there was uh, players really wanted a lot more flexibility. Uh, Bobby Orr, he just had uh, caps, so a cap on his left arm, cap on his right arm, sewn onto his suspenders. <laughs> now, now compare that today, and I did myself uh, for a short period of time. Uh, but you compare that today with the shoulder pads that 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 forwards wear, oh, uh, and I I, well, and 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 basically, check chest pads too like belly pads that only the goalies had back back then Mm. so so that leads to to shot blocking and you you just couldn't do that back in the 70s probably the 80s because uh you know it'd lead to too many serious injuries because the the padding wasn't there yeah and and think about that you probably want to take a slap shot in the leg with uh minimal padding on (laughs) well it doesn't feel great even even goaltenders, uh, how they 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 block shots now, get down. Uh, if you if you hear or read about from Ken Dryden's comments, how how uh, the exactly what I just said about for the forwards or defensemen, it was the same thing for the the goaltenders. They they couldn't react the way they do today mm-hmm. just because they didn't have the padding to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I imagine that right now with with the you know the science of of the sticks, you know the composite sticks, they're able to get uh, more flex in their shots, so the shots are quicker than than they were. I mean, I know what was it? Al McGinnis was able to get still a hundred and five mile an hour slapper with a with a wood stick, which is incredible to me. But uh, mm-hmm. I the, the shots are getting faster, and the whole game just in general is getting getting faster. It seems, and it's kind of scary to think about how these guys are suited up like gladiators. They probably don't even feel much pain when they hit, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's true, but it depends where, where and 
if it's like I say, if it gets, if it's the head, uh, and a lot, a lot of times, uh, the way the head is, the, the way the head is attacked, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, the 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 equipment back then, there was like a a, a coating of uh, of cloth padding, where now you have the plastic, mm-hmm. the plastic is exposed, so it's it's like mm-hmm. a it's like a weapon in itself. Oh, definitely. But, uh, you know, the talent level is, has evolved along with the equipment. That's, that's on the big positive side, like the, uh, the hockey sticks, the shots, uh, uh, you know, going back to the wooden sticks. Uh, uh, we got, we had Louisville, out of Wallaceburg, Ontario, supplying most of the players mm-hmm. in Detroit. And uh, it, it was made out, of, the sticks were predominantly made out of ash, I believe it was. And oh, wow. uh, you, you would, they, they were very whippy, very, I liked a stiff stick. So I'd get maybe, they'd send me over a shipment of 30, 40 sticks, and I might keep seven, eight, 10 of them. <laughs> and uh, send the rest Dang. back just because they were too whippy. Uh, hmm. Another fellow on the team, uh, uh, Mickey Redmond, he really liked to. Uh, uh, he had the same stick, the Louisville Slugger, and and to reinforce it, he had it wrapped in fiberglass, like a fiberglass tape that <laughs> oh. was done at that was done at the factory. And it was very stiff, but but it was heavy. It was like a log, and so so you had to, you had to be very strong to use the stick, which which he was. He had a heck of a shot. He could really he could really shoot the puck. So speaking speaking of Mickey, uh, we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. You said that you did have a story on on uh, Mr. Redman. Well, uh, back back in that in those days, there was hazing. And uh, you, you knew when you joined the team that your time was going to come up. And there was two, three rookies on the team that season. And I, I guess who it would you, you'd go down in the order of who who was kind of ticking the veterans off the most, <laughs> the quickest. Yep. So a couple of guys went down uh, down before me. And then uh, we were out in the West Coast. Oakland was in the league then. And uh, somebody put itching powder in my clothes. And when you're on a road trip, when, you, when you're on a road trip, you've only got so many clothes to wear, so you, you can be, it can be in trouble. So, so I, I, I guessed, I, I wasn't sure, I'm not sure to this day, that I, I, I thought it was Mickey. So uh, I went to the front desk found out his room number and I, I went, I got the key to his room and, uh, 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 then I went to the kitchen and I got a pile of eggs <laughs> and I went into his room, opened the sheets and then smashed all the eggs and put them in the, in, on his bed. <laughs> and, uh, and then that was it. And then one of my roommate was my roommate was Danny Grant, and uh, so 
we, we all went to the room for to lay down and we were going to go out and we, I think we were playing the next day and uh uh <laughs> So we're going to just have a lay down after practice and uh, then go out and have dinner and whatever night before the game. And he was pretty close with Danny Grant, my, my roommate. And so we just get lying down and Danny's about to fall asleep and the phone rings and I could just hear Mickey yelling through the, the phone oh, no. about who the hell put these eggs in my bed and he was pissed off. Oh. And I'm just, I'm just lying there chuckling to myself i didn't i didn't tell Danny. <laughs> but anyways when we get back to detroit i i don't know if they by process of elimination they figured it was me. <laughs> and uh, i came in from practice one day and they were all lined up in in surgical gear ready to give me my hazing and strapped me to the bench and, and nowadays nowadays uh you know it's 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 the mode to have be shaved and and whatever but back then it was a major embarrassment <laughs> and uh, i i thought i'd take the fun out of it and i just let them do what they want they're not gonna have any fun so finally walks and says oh you're not gonna fight eh oh we'll make you fight and he gives me a punch in the gut and he says you're gonna fight so, okay i'll fight i'll fight and uh yeah that was my hazing and Oh man! And, uh, whether whether Mickey put the itching powder in my in my uh, clothes or whatever, but it was a hassle for a few days on the road when you when you got a limited amount of clothing with you. Oh, oh I bet. Gosh. I feel like so, nowadays the guys are are just going without any clothes and they just buy a whole wardrobe on the road. They just oh yeah yeah the, yeah. Budgets, <laughs> the budgets are so much uh, a little much different higher. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So w- was Mickey the prankster? Is that why? Is that what what led you to believe that it was him? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what why I thought it was him. Maybe I heard him make a comment, or maybe Danny <laughs> Danny Grant made a comment, and and it was just you know the 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 thinking was if you don't do something back, then they'll just keep on doing it. So I yeah. I felt kind of obligated to get some revenge and. Bugsy Watson was the biggest prankster on the team, so he was behind a lot of everything. Uh, so, what I, was his best uh, one? Oh, oh, no, just just little <laughs> little digs here and there. Just uh, you know, yeah, and he and he was very good for the team atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I can't really. Yeah. Can't really think of any particular. I like the thing. eggs in the bed, the bed thing. I, I that one. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard it was, that. Before. It, was, it was original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I'm sure somebody will do it now. <laughs> right. I'll have to remember that. Well, now, now, uh, you know, the security. Good yeah. luck trying to get the keys to somebody else's room. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. No. So. Yeah, it's. Did did you ever find out? Did he lay down in bed and found found out that way, or did he pull up the sheet and go, "What the hell's going on here?" Well, I'd did imagine you... I'd imagine uh, it's probably a couple hours in between now. Whether the eggs had started to dry and the sheets were <laughs> sticking together, or, oh, or he just jumped into bed. And, uh, oh, you know, I, I I had I had quite a few eggs, so it wasn't just him <laughs> to mess up his bed. He, he would have been almost swimming in eggs, eh? 
Yeah, <laughs> cooking Mickey some breakfast for you. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's good to see him uh, do the broadcast with uh, with uh, Ken Daniels, and uh, I, I really enjoy that. And, uh, you know, it brings back memories, and it just seems uh, it, it's amazing that uh, so much time has gone by that my days were in the Olympia. Now that Joe Lewis is coming gone. Yep, uh, and 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 they're into the uh, the new rink, and I understand when they built it, the Illiches they did go back and try to bring in bring into some of the sight lines of the old Olympia, like the mm-hmm. the Olympia oh, sight yeah. lines were just great for yep. fans. Yeah, I I've never I've never seen the I mean, I don't even know when it was uh, when it was taken down, probably before we were born guys, I, I would imagine, but oh, yeah. um, I I've heard, I've heard stories about the old Olympia that are just like, even before they had glass up there, my, uh, my grandfather said that when he used to go to games, watch Gordy Howe and Ted Lindsay, that they had, uh, they had like chicken wire and people would try to put their, put their fingers in, in between to grab some of the players and Gordy would just take his stick and smack the, smack the <laughs> hands and stuff. <laughs> well, if, if you, if you look up some of his old photos, uh, yeah, you're right about the the fencing on the ends, but there was nothing on the sides. Yeah, and you you see shots of Gordy and and, and Terry Sawchuk, uh, pictures of them on the bench. It's almost like the fans are sitting right next to them. Oh my god! And and other other old photos from around the league that uh, where there's no glass on the sides, so the fans yeah. are fans fans are part of the game. But yeah. but uh, but the players had you know comes back to the equipment. Players had sticks that were straight, no curves or anything. So the slap shot wasn't used as much. It was predominantly uh, wrist shots. So you didn't have pucks flying into the into the stands as mm-hmm. the way you do now. It, it mm-hmm. just there wasn't wasn't the necessity uh, for the for the protection for the fans, the way that, you know, you, you just couldn't get away without it nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, you Watch still at your own risk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Well, I wanted to, uh, Tyler, I didn't know if you were going somewhere else, but I wanted to talk about the draft a little bit. I know you, you oh, mentioned yeah. a, a few drafts, but I'll talk about the NHL draft. I mean, now it's such a huge spectacle and there's a, a multiple day thing it's all you know on tv and everything and there's the breakdowns and the mocks uh the mock drafts and all that stuff and they got the videos of each guy all the way throughout the rounds right and there's like the analysis on it how was it for uh for you in the draft or how was the draft uh when you got like how did you figure that out do you get a do you get a call do you get something to to say here's where the you know you got drafted to did you know you were going to get drafted i'm just kind of curious how that process looked uh yeah, yeah, I had a pretty good idea. I, I knew I would go somewhere in the first first round, the top mm-hmm. five to ten. I didn't know where, but but uh, that particular year I was drafted. The the WHA was really challenging the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto lost quite a few players to the WHA. Uh, not sure so much about Detroit. Eventually, obviously, Gordy Howe came out of retirement to play with his sons in Houston. And and when I was in Oshawa, Mark and Marty were playing for the Marlies. Uh, but but because of the 
competition with the the WHA, uh, the NHL that year decided to have a silent draft. Mm. So I, I was represented by Ellen Eagleson, and I think he had about seven first rounders, eight first rounders that he was representing that that year. Wow. So we met at a hotel uh, near the Toronto airport, and uh, and he had a reception there while the draft was going on. So it was all done over the telephone. Was it? Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so the the W the uh, WHA tried to reel you in. You were drafted ninth overall by the NHL, and then the WHA is like, "Well, we'll one up them. We'll try to get them over here." They drafted you number two overall. Right? Did they happen right. within the same within the same week, or when when were the two drafts? The uh, the WHA the first two rounds was done a, a touch earlier, like, uh, and at at the time of the NHL draft for, I don't know why, but I, I just remember at the time of the NHL draft, they, they started with round three, but I'd already been drafted uh, number two overall. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, why, why they uh, did it that way? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. When, when I was, uh, when I was doing some research, I saw, Normally it says, you know, when, when you're drafted for the NHL and then I saw in the same year you were drafted, you know, number you were uh, ninth overall and then second overall for the WHA. So pretty wild. And you're drafted yeah. by the Indianapolis racers. And just in case anyone doesn't know about the racers, Wayne Gretzky actually played for the racers uh, later in 78. Um, that was yeah. before he came to the, uh, to the NHL. I think. Yep. Well, the racers yeah, had a financial I, situation, so they kind of. Yeah, I, I have a friend up in Sarnia, and uh, we play golf every summer. And Bob Gardner's his name, and I played junior B together. And then another Paul McIntosh, who played for Peterborough, he's from up in uh, Listowel, and uh, he's a a scout for Dallas. We get together every summer for some golf, and and they brought that up several times about. <laughs> Being at uh, Gardner, even uh, played on the line with with uh, Gretzky at training camp, and uh, I I obviously was not there. I was with Detroit, but I just said, you know, what if what if you know all four all three of us could have been playing with uh, Gretzky in Indianapolis. So my dad yeah. actually lived in Indianapolis and skated with Wayne Gretzky in the mm-hmm. morning because he went to Carmel high school. My dad did. And so yeah. Gretzky was actually skating in the morning. Cause he was, you know, still a kid. Um, <laughs> and so my dad skated with him early on. Your dad was like, well, he's, 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 a, he's all right. Well, when he saw him, he's like, wow, this kid's so tiny. Like he's a skinny little punk. Like this, how's this kid so good. And <laughs> here he is the leading goal scorer in the NHL. So <laughs> That's just that, yeah. That's that's awesome. I mean, the, the, I didn't know that he played there. Um, you feel like you know. I feel like there's there's Gretzky in the NHL, and then you. I don't know too much about anything else with him. So that's cool to get the little ins mm-hmm. and outs there. So that would be the, going back to what you were saying, Bill. Just looking back to be like, oh man, could you imagine if we played <laughs> on a line with him? I mean, I can't even imagine just. The, <laughs> having the opportunity to almost play on a line with uh, mm-hmm. some of your good friends and then Gretzky throwing out <laughs> on the line there too. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. When we get together, it's interesting. The stories you hear back, uh, Paul, he played in, in Buffalo 
with with the French connection. So you hear some of those stories and uh, you know things that you didn't talk about back then, and and now you just start reminiscing and and it's interesting what comes up. So what made you choose Detroit at the time? Was it a pretty easy decision for you to make when it came to choosing the NHL over the WHA? Uh, And then talk about kind of how, when, when you got into Detroit, kind of what the expectations were for you. Well, uh, if you go back a year, uh, I had an offer when I still had a year to go in Oshawa to leave the, leave immediately for the, the, uh, uh, by Cleveland Crusaders to leave immediately uh, to turn pro, but uh, it was a hundred thousand a year, which was a, a very big contract back then. One of the yeah. probably, you know, it's it'd be like the players make whatever they make now, uh, seven eight million uh, in the, in that relation. But I turned it down because I I wanted to play in the NHL, and uh, I didn't know I was going to get drafted by Detroit. But I I was glad I did because that was my favorite team growing up being just an hour and a, my parents' house is only an hour and a half door to door from the Olympia up in mm-hmm. Forest, Ontario. And uh, we played minor hockey against the, the house, Mark and Marty from, from uh, the age of might, which is uh, the, the, the very youngest level. I don't know what, what, what it's called now, but uh, uh we we play well. I first played against them in a tournament up in Clinton, Ontario, and uh, also Terry Sachek's son was playing for them. And then, uh, and then, throughout the minor hockey years, we we'd come down to Olympia and play play them. They'd come up to Forest and play. Uh, minor hockey just wasn't as developed as it was as it is now so so mm-hmm. they were looking for some pretty good competition and 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 then uh so my my kind of connections to detroit was was rather deep so i was glad to get drafted by detroit and and then uh get to play in the old olympia that that to me was you know like the montreal form or maple leaf gardens uh so it was a real thrill to get drafted by detroit yeah, and kind of this might be a weird question. Um, <laughs> do you have the uh, a jersey like a Red Wings jersey uh, that you played that, or like when you got drafted and played there? Like, did they give you a jersey? No. Do you get to keep it, or you have to give it back? No, I, I when I when I got traded over to Colorado, I I did ask one of the trainers to can you get me my sweater, and he said he would, but I, I never did get it, unfortunately. So no, I don't have it. Oh, okay. oh, I was going to say, that'd be pretty awesome to, to have yeah. an all-time Red Wings. I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, obviously one of the classics, of course. And uh, and then, you know, to, for you, you're part of the yeah. Red Wings organization. So uh, that'll be, that would have been cool. But either way, you got the memories, which is probably better. Yeah, <laughs> we we can reach out to, we can try to reach out to uh, Mickey and have him send you a, uh, send you a jersey. He'll probably send you a few eggs, too. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't. Maybe maybe he can uh, send me an omelet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, 
So uh, a couple other names that you played with on, on Detroit, you played with Red Berenson, Paul Woods, uh, Rick Bonus too. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was there in our probably best season we had when we knocked off Atlanta. Uh, that was the year I played on the line with Paul Woods and, uh, and Dale McCourt. We had a, we had a really good season that year. It really clicked. Uh, you had a pretty big goal in that series, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we went into that series against Atlanta. Atlanta was probably, if there was a team to upset, uh, Montreal going into the playoffs, it was going to be Atlanta because they, they had a very strong finish to their regular season. And, uh, they, it was just, uh, at that time they had a format where first team in each division got a buy. And so only 12 teams made the playoffs. So you had four getting a buy, which was Montreal in our division. And then the remaining teams lined up one versus eight, two versus seven. So we were, we were number eight. We lined up against Atlanta and uh, I don't know, they maybe just underestimated us uh, and, and uh, took us a little late first game and, and, and we upset them in Atlanta and then got back to Detroit. And when you have that, that fan base of Detroit in that Olympia where, where the, the sight lines, the fans are right on top of the, the players, that, that kind of evened things up for us. So it was, it was a very close game. They, they opened the scoring and then uh, Vlad uh, Nenemansky tied it up and it remained 1-1 one, one until about 10 minutes to go when I made it... Uh, 2-1 and then they tied it up uh 2-2 and then and then with uh 90 seconds to go I scored the winner using a toe drag that uh that ironically uh Daryl Sittler from the Leafs taught me when he was playing for the London Knights and I was trying out for their junior B team as a 14 year old so yeah that was that was kind of that, that's definitely my highlight from when I that uh, playoff series and then, then then going on to play against the Montreal Canadians, which won four cups in a row and, and we won a game in Montreal. So uh, we were by no means in over our head against Montreal. So mm. it, was, it was a nice, nice short little playoff run. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, I did want to say we have a few, uh, a few comments talking, uh, a couple people listening from Forest, Ontario. Your hometown. Uh, so that's pretty exciting there. And another one from uh, in Louisiana, from Lafayette. So I, we're getting some positive feedback oh, here. And yeah, I appreciate everybody listening as well. Um, one thing we talked for super quickly on before we started uh, going live here, but you mentioned, so you're over in, over in Germany right now. You mentioned kind of what brought you over there and then you... Uh, my ears perked up because anytime someone mentions uh, the Olympics in 1980, uh, U.S. program, like I, I'm just always interested. Like, can you tell that that story of kind of the progression of going out to Germany and and kind of what brought you out there, but then also how that ties into the the Olympics in the U.S. team? Yeah, we we uh, I I was it, I had a contract uh, with the Rangers, one way contract with the Rangers, but I was with the American League farm team in, in New Haven. We had a very, very good team. Uh, kind of got upset in the playoffs. That's another story, but uh, we, we should have won it all that year. But uh, 
Yeah, it was the year of uh, of uh, the Olympics at Lake Placid, and uh, uh, once they won the gold medal, the team dispersed to whoever owned their NHL rights, and and uh, Dave Silk from the Olympic team came to our team in New Haven, and uh, another player in our team, Frank Beaton, was represented by an agent out, I think, out of Minnesota that had some other three, four other players on the, on the Olympic team that uh, were not strong enough for the NHL. So he was looking to place them in Europe. And uh, he asked Frank if, yeah, I guess following our team uh, and seeing how well I was doing, I was leading the league in scoring, uh, if I'd be interested in going to Europe. And uh, there was, my brother was playing in Europe. Uh, my brother Peter was playing in Europe uh, in, in Holland. So he kind of had a handle on, on the European situation. And then another player that had played in New Haven the year before he was playing in Mannheim. Now that's the team where Mark Sider play, played and, and Tim Stutzel. Uh, <laughs> and he was he was sending letters back to one of the guys on uh, on the New Haven team. And he'd, he'd just, you know, but long bus rides. He'd mention about getting these letters from Ron Andriff and how things were going in, in <laughs> excuse me, in Germany. So just a combination of things. Uh, when when Frank passed on the question from this this agent, uh, if I'd be interested, I I was kind of yeah, it sounds interesting. So one thing led to another, and and I signed with Cologne here in what is now the DEL. And uh, I, although I still had a uh, another year on my my uh, Rangers contract back then players because teams would uh would finish earlier uh over in europe to get ready for the world championships the idea was uh i would play in europe and then and then come back uh play with the rangers if they if they had injuries or or whatever in the uh for the playoffs and i guess i don't know if I, I wasn't involved in the negotiations but yeah, at the end of it, uh, they just decided to we 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 made a buyout, and I signed in Europe and made a clean cut, and just uh, played another seven eight years in 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 Europe. I was a, I was a little uh, leery that uh, I had a really good season uh, in in the American League, and I was uh, leery that I might fall through the cracks. Uh, I know there was interest from Winnipeg, there was interest from Edmonton, but. If you go, if, if I was to continue on that with them and then get that yeah, move up and down, you don't create uh, statistics in either league, mm -hmm. and and everything for uh, recruiting players to Europe was was based on statistics. Because uh, so I thought, okay, I might might go to one of these expansion teams uh, and maybe be out of hockey within three four years. So. It worked out well coming over to Europe. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I mean you obviously uh, – sorry to cut you off, but you obviously like – I mean, you're over there now. Um, you've been there for a while. You said that you've uh, – was it Sarnia that you were, you came back and lived for a little bit? But um, overall – London, I think it was. Yeah, London. London, yeah. London. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, how – well, I guess you, you obviously like it. Um, is it 
I haven't been over there. I mean, you're in Germany right now, but I'm interested just to see you're following hockey closely. You mentioned, again, ears perking up with uh, Moritz Sider and, and watching him. Uh, I think you mentioned, too, you've watched him for a few years. How is that? Uh, I'm interested to see that progression and in, in the hockey over there versus the hockey here in the NHL. I know you're following uh, the NHL as well, kind of the leagues over there. So I'm just kind of curious on uh, is he living up to your expectations knowing how he's been for the past couple of years as a I mean I'll call him a kid because he was he's so young right now and you were watching him as a, a 20 years a, old I believe right? 20 and then you've seen him what was the first time you saw him when he's 16 or something like yeah, that no, six, 16 as a, a very slender kid <laughs> with a cage on and uh, and he only played about four games that season but I I uh, Mannheim is kind of my home base for watching uh, DEL games. I'm just an hour away, door to door, and and I, I do. Uh, I'm involved in I'm player agent for players that, that want to come over from uh, North America that are falling through the cracks. Uh, so that's that's why I'm in a place like Mannheim so often. I had been uh, predominantly in Man in Frankfurt, but they're they're not in the DEL anymore. So so I saw. Uh, Cider and Tim Stutzel uh, developing in 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 Mannheim, and it's it's a very good high level league, and it's predominantly uh, they're allowed in nine imports and predominantly North Americans. So I would say of all the European leagues, it's probably the most Europe uh, NHL style of hockey. So it would it would although it's a bigger ice surface. It would still, still get those players uh, ready for the for the NHL. Uh, the maturity of the play, the 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 quickness and, and the the uh, thinking of the game, which uh, junior hockey, college and junior A, NCAA is very high caliber hockey, but uh, there's just not the you can't replace anything for the experience that, that is in the DEL and uh, those, those two young players uh, learn it uh, at a very young age. So I think it, I think it sped up their uh, preparation for the, for the NHL. Yeah. I can kind of see that too, right? Like when I watch as a, a Red Wings fan, and I would imagine a lot of Red Wings fans don't follow European hockey and the ins and outs of the leagues there, but you expect a guy that got drafted to come in. And a lot of us think of a guy that's, you know, maybe 18 years old that played college hockey, which is so different than professional hockey. And for him to come in and kind of look like he's got the professional uh, look to him where he plays that professional style, acts good around the cameras. He, he kind of, he's already looks older than he is right he's now. So mature. Can, yeah. Right. And I just feel like that helped him so much playing in the, the DEL because of that, because you're getting that. Yeah. Exactly. That experience of professional hockey that you typically don't see if you're, you know, coming from uh, college, which again is great, but it's just such a different experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Bill, did you ever watch uh, Leon Dreisaitl play? Uh, not so much over here. I, I played with his father. His father was very oh, talented. Cool. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I think his father would have been good enough to play in the NHL too, but back back in those times, uh, it just just wasn't the profile for for Germans moving over to the NHL. Uh, 
because he, uh, Dry said he went and he played junior A in Western Canada. So he, he did also play for, for Mannheim in their organization, uh, the 16 and 17 year olds, but, uh, but he got, I think he played for Prince George, if I'm not uh, mistaken, but, but no, I, I didn't see too much of him over here at all because just because of the route he went, uh, right. And, and, and I think, I think as a, as a direct comparison, his, his development was a little slower than, than, uh, Stutzel and Sider because, because he played, uh, he took the junior route. So he spent a little bit of time, more time developing than they did just because of their, they had maybe the advantage of playing in the DEL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would imagine that the success that Leon Dreisaitl has had has been, that's got to be a big contributor to the growth of the game in, in Germany. I know he's not the only good player that, to come from Germany, but I, I would argue he's got to be the best, right? I mean, he's putting up crazy numbers, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. well he's, he's one of the best overall anyway. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then you got uh, Thomas Grace there in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a few, a couple other goaltenders. Uh, Seattle. Grubauer. Yeah, yeah. Seattle Kraken, and yeah, there's, there's quite a, you know, they they can put together if there ever is another uh, best on best uh, hockey, whether it's in a Canada Cup uh, or the Olympics, they could they could, they'll be able to put a very good team on the ice. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, definitely. I mean, they they looked pretty good for the little bit of uh, World Juniors that we saw. I mean, mm-hmm. They they looked pretty good, but um. I think we're going to be wrapping up in a little bit, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you real quickly about, uh, about Ray Markham. We talked a little bit before, uh, too tall, he, by the way, right, too, yeah, tall, yeah. Too, too tall. So, uh, so Connor and I played, played, uh, high school hockey at Orchard Lake St. Mary's and he was an assistant coach. He mainly coached the, the defense there. And I know you played with him mainly in new Haven. Uh, and, I think he was up for one game in in New York uh, just to fight somebody. But uh, what what can you tell the uh, the folks who, that are going to be listening from uh, from our our high school? What can you tell them about uh, Tutal? Oh, Tutal is a great guy. Like he's a prankster. He liked to joke, have a good time. I I, I think he for his talent level, he, he made the most of it. Uh, he kind of knew his his role. Which was as somewhat of a tough guy, but we had, we had a pretty pretty tough team that that year, a very talented team, but but he was he was no no means one of the toughest guys. But uh, uh, you know, for for example, we we first round of that playoffs, we knocked off Rochester uh, in four straight, which was Buffalo's farm team, and and that was I think that was. Dave Schultz's final season, he had mm. like 450 minutes, and and on paper, <laughs> they they uh, they had uh, a ridiculously tough team with penalty minutes and everything. But but you know, it's guys like Too Tall and and Frank uh, Beaton. Now his name was Frank Never Beaten, and and then it goes on and on. We we had a pretty tough team ourselves. It wasn't a, a type of team that went looking for trouble. But uh, 
with guys like too tall around, uh, you know, I, I could play my game. I just like, I like to play the finesse type game and, mm-hmm. and it gave, gave me the room out in the ice, uh, to, to play my game, to have guys like too tall and beaten. And if you look at the old stats of that, that team, uh, uh, the opportunity to just play our game. Yeah. Same, kind of so, same, same way, same way a guy like Gretzky had, uh, cement go on his wing and and, and uh mcsorley uh yeah back and i don't know what it's like today but back back then you you had to have uh a little bit of protection uh but but you know even the, even that being said i saw i saw like i i get the nhl network and uh the rangers playing playing uh, the Oilers the other night and I thought they were taking their liberties on uh, dry cycle and you know last year it was kind of the other way around uh, uh, how teams were kind of roughing up the Rangers but they went out and got mm-hmm. some some tough guys and yeah, so I, I guess obviously it's still part of the game eh? yeah really yeah. I mean Truba's laying the, the thunder right now as well this season so <clears> he's I playing think, yeah. some old-time hockey Truba yeah. is for sure yeah. Yeah, well it's, cool. it's it, you know you get a guy like Reeves on the, on the team. Everybody mm-hmm. goes an inch or two. So yeah, I was I was gonna say everybody gets a little bit bigger. I'd be like yeah. six eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so no. Bill, I I wanted to ask the question to to you because you know you've you've seen the game grow in in a multitude of of ways. So I'm sure you're you're aware that in the NHL they're they're trying to almost see. It seems like they're trying to push fighting out of the game. The enforcer is, is a dying breed. Do you think that it's an important role to have in the NHL as an enforcer? What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, okay. What I just mentioned, uh, uh, the way was it Panarin? I think uh, was manhandled by uh, last year. There was an altercation. Tom Wilson. Yeah, Tom Wilson. Okay, yeah, yeah right that's by right. The net. Yeah, and uh, and then what I just mentioned about Drysital. Uh, uh, the other day against the Rangers. So yeah, there, there's definitely, now you don't have to, uh, go the route of the broad street bullies, uh, back in the seventies, <laughs> right. you just can't do it because of the rules, but, mm-hmm. but you definitely, especially to win the Stanley cup, you look at anybody, any of the teams that have won in the last, uh, 10, 15 years, uh, they're, they're strong physically, not particularly going to look for it, but, Mm-hmm. But if you try to take out uh, their their dry sidle or Connor mm-hmm. McDavid or Panarin, uh, they get somebody to answer for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like now even those guys that are the you know calling the enforcers, they're they're going on the ice to there's I mean to play hockey at the same time. Like they're they're good hockey players. So Giovanni Smith, perfect. Yeah. Example. They're yeah. Right. So it's almost harder to find those guys now because you have to find a, a guy that can can play with the speed and which is probably going to be a big guy because he's going to fight and he uh he can actually play hockey so well especially with the with the salary cap you can't Mm -hmm. afford to with the salary cap you can't afford to have somebody on the bench that can't play the game yep yeah absolutely well Well, I, i think i think the game has really evolved it's a it's amazing uh the talent level uh the players are they're they're encouraged to show their skills uh, mm-hmm. uh which back in my time it was a much more conservative game 
you know, you try some things in practice, but uh, you'd never try them in a game. And, <laughs> and, and now it's, it's, it's great for the fans and it's great for the development of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know yeah. uh, if, if Tyler or Dustin, I don't know if you have anything else, but I did uh, one last thing, which is kind of leave on a positive note here, which is pretty interesting. I'm looking at one of the comments here and uh, Paul, who says he was there when Bill scored two, yeah, was it two in the third to knock out the Flames in the 78 playoffs at Olympia? The old barn was rocking. So that's uh, pretty <laughs> sweet from a listener there. He was there and he got a couple goals. Sounds like scoring goals was a pretty uh, familiar thing for you. So I don't know if you remember that one. <laughs> well, yeah, no, like I say, that was that season was my highlight. Uh, well, I think for the team itself, uh, like the last time – They'd made the playoffs was in '66, and then we made it, yep. and then had had that run uh, two two rounds that year, and then they didn't make the the playoffs again till sometime in the '80s. Uh, so it was kind of a drought. So, so for myself, for the fans, it was you know it was a fun time, and and especially for the fans, a little bit of <laughs> after postseason play was was great to have it eh? and, and it's nice to hear uh uh a guy like paul that uh is listening that uh was at the game yeah yeah well, that's it's quite a while ago that is, so, and that's awesome i love yeah. that well bill thank you very much for, okay. for joining us taking the time um enjoy the rest of the the evening i believe right it's uh what about five o'clock for you there almost yeah, it's nice to see the days are getting a little longer and it's mm-hmm. uh, still daylight where a few weeks ago it would have been dark by now. So yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Like turning in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Turn on Thanks the again, Bill. games and see how things are going right now. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Got some Sounds scouting good. work. Sounds like a good day. Okay. Good Thanks, luck Bill. with your show. And it was uh, fun to talk with you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Bye for now. You done goofed. Thank you, Bill, so much for jumping on, uh, especially from Germany. Uh, I know that the time difference can sometimes be an issue, but, you know, the boys were happy to jump on early Sunday morning, have some coffee and speak with you. Uh, Connor, Tyler. Thoughts? Uh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, uh, <laughs> I, there's a lot of a lot of good stories there and some, some old time hockey talk. Um, Got to love it. I think I think hockey fans will enjoy that one. Uh, it, it was nice hearing. um just just hearing him see cider skate uh early mm-hmm. in Germany. That was cool. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's something you don't think about, right? He gets to see some players that um kind of develop over there in the league that we don't get to see because we don't have the DEL on television. Right. Well, but shit, we can't even watch NHL right now. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Uh thank you, TNT and ESPN Plus. Appreciate you guys. Um, the Red Wings have quite an expansive uh upcoming Road games. Uh, well, actually, not really road. They're actually coming back. Uh, they got San Jose, Winnipeg, Buffalo, and then Buffalo again. Uh, Winnipeg and Buffalo are both at home, and then they go to Buffalo. So let's let's uh, let's start winning some ga- some games on the road here. I think we're four eleven and two on the road. It's yeah, the, pitiful. Yeah, the road the road's not good. At home, we look nice. Um, hopefully, we win that game against San Jose tomorrow. We beat their ass six to two, so I don't see why we wouldn't. 
Um, yeah, they're going to be coming for blood, though. I don't think that San Jose played their best hockey against speaking us of the San- last time. It's going to be a tough one. Speaking mm-hmm. of San Jose, uh, Evander Kane was put on um, waivers to to buy out <laughs> to buy his contract, and uh, apparently they sued. His agent sued them for something. I don't, I don't know. I was reading about I it. I mean, I, I don't understand how you're going to win that case. Yeah, th- that, that could be a story for another time once we get all the details. But it, it, it's just this 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 saga with this guy just doesn't stop. Uh, no, it's a uh, it's the never ending. Uh, it's the story that you wanted to end three years ago. But for some reason, it's still coming back out. It's like the third <laughs> hangover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So bring, bring that up, Dustin. I don't, I don't know the full story of that. Do you? Uh, uh, I, I don't know the full story either. Um, I'm sure everyone uh, heard about the, the young man. Um, Sophomore in high school, I believe. Yep. Teddy, Teddy. Uh, Balkand. Balkand. Yep. Um, passed away during a hockey game. Um, the story. So I laceration, heard, I believe. Yeah. A laceration. Yeah. Um, so. Damn. Thoughts and prayers got to his family, teammates, everybody involved there. That's it's such a rare thing. And, and so uh, it, it, I don't know if anyone remembers, I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but uh, growing up, you had to wear a, a, a neck guard. Is that still we a had thing? To, still, we had to in high do. school. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore or not. Um, and in Canada, you have to in any, all the way up through uh, major junior. So OHL and everything. Yeah, a lot of people wear like the Thomas Buchanan's uh, turtlenecks, don't they? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, or just the neck guard rolled up. It's like a little ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But, anything, you, but you know what? In in a in a uh, a positive light, I'd like to say that how great of uh like the hockey community is so much different than any other sport. I know we're a little bit biased, but the the way like if one if one of their family members in the hockey community passes, the whole the, the whole everybody mourns. Yep. Everybody sticks out for Teddy, and yep. it's just. I, yeah. I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's such a sad thing. I, I mean, like the first time that I actually saw it or what really stood out to me was the humble tragedy. Yep. yep. And uh, ever since then, you know, you, you see, you see all the negativity on, on social media and how, how social media can be used for bad things or whatever, but then you see something like this and how it could be used for good and, and getting the story out there. It's sad, but it's, it's good to know. And, and definitely, uh, thoughts and and prayers to uh to everybody affected with that yeah absolutely um don't want to end on a bad note so a good note is ovetkin's getting closer to breaking gretzky's record he's he's the sole uh record holder of the power power play uh, power play mm-hmm. goals right 290 yeah. what what is it I don't know. 275 or something. Something ridiculous. All I know is he stands on the blue line, just drops clap bombs. Because no one covers him. The half wall. Yeah, Yeah. the half wall is a better. That's a better spot for him. I'm just saying he he's always he's always at the top somewhere. He he Mm. does the uh, unplugged player, the unplugged controller play. Yeah, yep, (laughs) hundred percent. Well, boys, uh, hockey this week. Let's get the puck out of here, and uh, we'll talk soon. Let's go.